This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. I asked my Rebbe, Rabbi Gamliel, what's the thought of, of this Tishabov? So he said two things. He said, one, that we have to think about that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I think he says this pretty much every year, that tonight, first of all, that this year, number one, is a very big Shas Rachamim, when Tisha B'Av comes out on Shabbos, it's not only a Shas Rachamim, but it's also a time for us to understand, I think that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today, about the relationship that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has with Klai Yisrael, that the day that his children were being murdered, his children were called his friends, Rayasi, were called his Kala, any one of those relationships, his friends were being murdered, his, his bride was being murdered, his children were being murdered, his house was burnt to the ground. And we're sitting eating Cholent and Kugel and Kishka, and a lot of people had Shalashudah Sleishiks, even though normally they don't have it, and drinking wine, and it's Shabbos. And anything that's betzina is one thing, but anything but fehesia, it's Shabbos. To show us how important, and Rabbi Gamil, how important Shabbos is. How to understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu's relationship with us on Shabbos, and that we should be mischazek our Shabbosos. I also saw in a sefer very interesting that when it's very cloudy, if it's very cloudy overhead, the Shemayim is all cloudy or raining, is a sign that Shemayim is closed to Atfilos. I just saw this in a sefer a few days ago. And that if the sky is clear, is a simon that the Shemayim is open to Atfilos. Well, yesterday was very clear, today it's very clear. So it's really a Shas Rachman between looking up at the sky and between having a Shabbos, it's Nayudik. It's amazing that a Baruch who shows us how important is Shabbos? It's more important than than his actual morning, his morning. And that's what Regamil says we have to think about I'll talk to read to you from a safer that we have to think about that tonight we're all going home. Everyone's going home. You ready? Chatzois, the bagel store is open, Baruch Hashem. And everything is open. Everyone's figuring out how we're going to break the fast. Oh, you're not allowed to eat meat tonight or drink wine, but you can take a shower and you can take a haircut and all the shavers, whoever shaves, they're plugged in already, being recharged, and we're ready out of here. We're ready, it's, it's 102, it's 105. We're ready on our chairs, we're ready sitting up. It's ready chatzais, it's a whole different, it's a whole different world, but Hashem doesn't have chatzais. And guess what everybody, tonight, nothing's changed for God. Nothing. His children are in Gullahs, He doesn't have a house. Nothing changed. So we have to think, and we have to focus, and this is a big mistake that people have. When, when you sit and say kinnis, and, and you cry, well, you're supposed to cry, about the Asara Heruge Malchus, and you cry about the brother and sister who were put in a room, in a dark room, so they would have children together because... They were the son and daughter of Yishmael Kohen Gadol. Yishmael Kohen Gadol says the Chidah was a Gilgul of Yosef HaTzadik. Yosef HaTzadik, the only one in the Torah that's called a man, that's called the Yifas Mara, the Yifas Torah. 
So the children were so beautiful, the Gemara says, we don't understand exactly, but if you looked at Rabbi Shmuel Kohen Gadol's face, it was a shtickle like the Shechina. Whatever that means, he was very, very beautiful. One of the Asarurige Malchus. And his children, his daughter and his son were captured, and they never saw such beautiful... So one owner who got the boys said, this boy is so beautiful, we need to, we need to breed them, we need to get more children from him. And this guy, other one, Roman, said, yeah, you have a pretty, you have a pretty boy, I got a pretty girl. We could get really pretty slaves and get a lot of money. So they put him in a dark room together, and each one stayed in the corner and cried, I'm the son of a Kayin, Gadol, of a Kayin, Gadol, I'm going to give myself over to a Shifcha. And she was like, I'm the daughter, I'm going to give myself over to an Eved. And in the morning when the light came through the windows, they saw, Baruch Hashem, that they didn't do anything, and that they were brother and sister, and they hugged, and it's very sad, it's Yirmiyahu cries on this, and, and they died in each other's arms, we can't even imagine, can't even imagine such a thing. Unbelievable. So we say this and we cry, and we say the Haregi, Machus, and then when they got to the Makam Tefillin, the world was shaking, and the Malachim were crying, and Rabbi Akiva, they raked to death, and a different Tana they threw in, they threw to the dogs, and we, and I hope you were crying. But we make the mistake that we're crying for, we're crying because it's a sad story, we're crying for our pain. Wrong, totally wrong. We're crying for our father's pain. I know a father that has a very sick child. He's very broken. He's a very, very strong man. And today he's a very, very broken man. And I said, what's with, what's with the Emuna? You're the guy that always talked Emuna. He said, Zechariah, everything in my life, I had a little bit of control. I'm watching my child in such crazy pain and there's nothing I can do about it. He said, there's, you should never know from it. There's nothing more painful for a person to watch someone they love in pain and their hands are tied. They can't do anything about it. So all the pain that we have on Tisha B'Av, my Rebbe said, is not our pain. It's our Tati's pain. It's our father's pain. And all the Asare Ruge Malchus and all the women eating their children and the blood flowing through the streets of Yerushalayim and the six million Jews and, 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 and all the different programs and everything that we read, the pain is not our pain. It's a shtickle our pain, but the pain is more our father's pain because you know what? Believe it or not, Hashem can't do anything about it without us doing tshuva. Because there's din and there's MS, and there's a Mekatreg. And my Rebbe said something, I didn't have what he was saying. I Gamil said, and tell everyone they need to do tshuva on Tisha B'Av. I'm like, what? Tshuva is Yom Kippur. Tshuva is not Tisha B'Av. I said, Rebbe Gamil, what are you, I don't know, what are you saying? Tshuva? Like, oh, like, he doesn't usually talk like that. Tshuva on Tisha B'Av? He said, yes, because you have to, you have to give Hashem back his hands that he can help us. He's sitting next to the bed and he's watching us suffer. Dr. Sloan Kettering said that cancer is a Jewish disease. High, high percentage of the patients in Sloan Kettering today, Memorial, Nebuchadnezzar Jews. Kishbok was watching his children go through a terrible disease. He's watching his children in a crisis of Shiduchim. He's watching his children not being able to have children. 
He's watching his children not getting along. He's watching his children go off the derech. He's watching his children with mental health like never before. And he can't do anything about it. Because he won't do anything about it unless we do tshuva. So if you feel Hashem's pain on Tishabov, what do you need to do? It's like, there's no question that anybody in this room or anybody listening, that if Chas your father and mother's house, burnt down to the ground, you wouldn't let them live in the street, I would hope. Even the worst relationship. You would either do one of two things. Either buy them a new house, build a new house, but if you don't have any money, you'd let them move into your house. Tonight, we go back home. Hashem has no house. It's brought down in the Medrash, that until Mashiach comes, the Migdash Shalmailo, the base of Migdash in Shemayim, there's two base of Migdash, there's one on the earth, and there's one by the Koisel in Shemayim, straight up, Shari Shemayim, there's a, there's a base of Migdash. I always ask Rabbi David Abuchatzera, how's my father doing in Shemayim? I always ask him, maybe you could tell me how he's doing in Shemayim. And since he died, he tells me the same thing. What do you mean? He's working in, he's a Kayan. He's working in the base of Migdash Shalmailo. He's a big Kayan. So I'm happy. Says Medrash, Kosh does not enter the base of Migdash Shalmailo until he has a base of Migdash Shalmata. Which means that in Shemayim, Hashem has a base of Migdash, the Kahanim, whatever this means, Nishamas and Kahanim, are working in the base of Migdash Shalmailo and Kosh Baruch is not inside. He loved us so much, he's like, if, I, if you don't have one, I don't have one. So we have two choices. We either build HaKadosh a new home, and that's what my Rebbe was saying. We sit and we do tshuva today, because we want Hashem to not have to stand by when His children are suffering, and to build Him a new house. And if we're not on that level... At least to invite him in our house. Ladies and gentlemen, you want Hashem in your house? You want him to see the internet that we have in our house? You want him to see the movies that we're watching? You want him to hear the Lush and Haro that we're speaking? You want him to see the lack of Shalom Bayis Ben Ishle Ishtoy? Be very scary if Hashem moved into our house. So we have two choices, either do tshuva and build Hashem his new house or clean up our garbage and clean up our houses. Very deep vart is brought down that really Hashem has no place in this world. He has no place in this world. Nothing is holy. The only place he has is in each one of us. There's a base hamigdash in each one of us. The question is, what does that Beis HaMikdash look like? So let's go through the Kalim in the Beis HaMikdash. In each one of us, there's a Menaira, there's a fire, there's a light, there's a candle, there's a Neshama, Ner Neshama. In each one of us, there's a Mizbeach, there's the ability to self-sacrifice to sacrifice the stuff that we want that we're not supposed to have 
Mesirat's nefesh, the Mizbeach. There's a shulchan. Every person's able to eat, to wash, to bench, to make hamaytzi. There's a Mizbeach. As we said, there's sacrifice. There's Aranat Kaidesh. There's Taira. There's Kedusha. And there's a Mizbeach HaKetairas, which is the epitome of spirituality. Do we have those Kalim in our bodies? Or do we have Chas V'Shalom, Zara, that Titus, and the Zaina that Titus brought in to the Kodesh Kedoshim. Because a person has an ability to bring into his holy neshama, chas v'shalom, to watch stuff on the internet and to bring Zainais into his base amigdash, chas v'shalom. And then a Baruch Hu cannot be shaykhim b'saykhim. Are we eating foods that are, maybe they are kosher or they're not kosher? I don't see anything wrong in the ingredients. Are we eating foods that we shouldn't eat? Are we learning Torah? Do we have the Kruvim? Are things in our life between Adam and Chavero, are they B'Shalom? Do we have the Luchos inside of us? Or do we have Titus inside of us? The work that we need to do is to give Hashem a place today to rest. Just like we're going home a place for Hashem to go home within us, within each one of us, to make our inside, our spirituality, holy. And that's how we have to think. Because we would never leave our mother and father in the street after their house burns down to the ground. It's a beautiful vart. I never understood this. And Baruch Hashem, Hashem, sometimes you... Something bothers you, he sends you the answer. It's a little book called Short Vart. And he brings down that we say, Al Naroy's Bavel, right? Shambochinu. On the way out of Eretz Yisrael, on the rivers of Babylon, that's where we cried. And the Medrash says that Yemiyahu said to them, Heaven and earth is my witness that if you have cried once while you were in Eretz Yisrael, you would not have been exiled, you would not be crying now. But you all said kinnis today. Oh, did they cry? They were eating their children, they were being killed and massacred, the blood was running in the streets of Yushalayim. You think they didn't cry? So what's Yemiyahu saying here? If you would have cried, then you would have never been exiled. They did cry. They cried plenty. So what's he saying? His Teretz is that if you would have cried, Rav Shimshim Pinkus actually answers, of course they cried. They cried rivers of tears. But they were tears for themselves, for their own suffering. They were not tears of longing for Hashem's closeness. By the river, they realized that they had lost the Shekhinah, that they had lost Hashem. It was the first time they ever cried for the loss of Hashem. Had you had cried in the beginning for the loss of Hashem, then the Beis Hamidrash wouldn't have been destroyed. And if the Beis Hamidrash wouldn't have been destroyed, then Klai would have never had to go through what they went through. So we're all foolish. Because we're all crying about my family, and this one's sick, and my panasa, and all this other stuff. 
when really we, the one thing we need to be crying about is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not here. He's on a different level in Shemayim. And that closeness, that relationship is not the same. And if we got that back, all the problems would go away. So people were coming over to me and they were saying, Ugh, oh, Mashiach should come on Shabbos. Mashiach can come on Shabbos? So uh, my Rebbe, you know, Mashiach can't come on Friday because everyone's being prepared. The Gemara says Mashiach can't come on Friday because everybody's preparing for Shabbos. So he can't disturb that. But uh, Big God or Big Tzaddik said, now he can because, because, uh, so since we're in Bekuach Nefesh, Mashiach can come on Shabbos, Mashiach can come on Friday. So everybody was very into like, Mashiach, you think Mashiach will come on Shabbos, Mashiach should come next year, Mitzvah will be able to eat on, it's the most ridiculous statement. Next year, Mitzvah we should be able to eat on Tisha B'av. How many times has everyone in this room heard it? A hundred times. Hashem's up in Shemayim. Everything's destroyed. We're suffering like crazy. And he's listening to what the Jews are saying to each other. What are we saying to each other? I hope next year we can eat on Tisha Instead of I hope next year the Shekhinah should come out of Galus. And the world should see Hashem Echad Echad. No, I hope next year we can eat on Tisha Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Maybe he'll come this morning so we can eat already. We don't have to wait till tonight. Eat, 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 eat. Chas v'shalom. This is the mistake, everybody. It's all about our relationship with Hashem, not about eating on Tisha I hope Mashiach comes. You know, I was told not to say this, but when I'm told not to say something, I'm going to say it anyway. Because it may be too stark. Well, it's not too stark. I don't think it's too stark. The Rambam Paskins, I'll show it to you. The Rambam Paskin in Halacha, that a person who says they want Moshiach for any other reason than that the, the Nigal Hashkina, the Shekhinah should come out of Golos, is an Api Kairis. And I want to say what he says, Yechayev. You're an Api Kairis you want Mashiach because you want to see your grandfather who passed away. You're not Bikairis if you want Mashiach because this person's sick, you want them to be healthy or there's no Panasa or there's no Shidduch, Mashiach comes, everyone's going to have a Shidduch and you don't have to have a Panasa, especially Kahana, Mashiach comes, I don't got to work at all. You guys are going to bring me good stuff, Bikurim, Korbanos, Geshmak, but that's not why you, you should want Mashiach. Not even that you should do that void in the Beis HaMikdash. Doing that void in the Beis HaMikdash it's just because there's no goals for the Shekhinah. We have to stop thinking about ourselves. And the pain that we're on on Tisha B'av is not our pain, it's his pain. And we have to make sure that when we go home tonight, we did something to bring our Tati home. And if we didn't do it enough, at least to do it within ourselves, to go home and get rid of our internet and our movies, and our garbage, so Hashem can come into my house, because he has nowhere in the street, he definitely doesn't want to be in the street, because what's in the street is not for him, at least let's give him a place to be, at least to be in my house, or at least in shul, when I come to Davin, because it's the Migdash Ma'at, imagine this, father, his son gets married, and the father 
decides to doesn't have that much money right now, whatever, you want to try it out. So there's such a thing as called a starter house. It's a little house with one bedroom, maybe two bedrooms, little kitchen. It's a starter house. It's a little cheaper, whatever it is. But they just got married, so he buys them a starter house. And now it's five years later, and the father's very wealthy, and the son comes to the father, and he says, Ta, could you build me like a big mansion with a center hall, ten bedrooms, nine bathrooms, marble kitchen, like, you know, you got the money to do this. Father says, I have the money, let me, let me go see um, how you did with your little house. Comes into this kid's house, everything is ripped up, plates on the floor, food piled up, he was a hoarder, garbage all over the place, air conditioning's not working, plumbing's leaking, half the light bulbs, the bulbs from five years ago that burnt out, he never changed, the place is a mess. And he looks at his son, he says, you can't even take care of a little starter house? You want me to build you a mansion? First get this in order. If I see you know how to take care of this, then we'll talk about a mansion. We have a little base hamigdash. Migdash ma'at. It's called a base knesses. It's called a shul. And I'm, I'm asking Mechila before I say what I'm about to say. Now everyone wakes up. When he says that, well, Wallerstein, something's coming. But I'm asking Mashiach from anyone that... I don't want to hurt anybody about what I'm about to say. So we're asking Hashem for Mashiach. We're asking for a base Hamikdash. Hashem says, okay, let me take a look at the, at the little house. The little base Hamikdash I gave him. The Migdash Ma'at. Let me see what's going on. I was in Landau's not that long ago. David E. Meyer at the 12.30 million. A guy comes into shore with his bicycle, into the shore with his bicycle. Mm-hmm. He's wearing those lycra pants, you know, those tight pants with sneakers, a helmet. He comes into shore to Dab Meyerov. So the Gabai says to him, uh, it's a shul. Like, you gotta, he didn't tell him he has to change. He said, but you gotta take the bike out of shul. And the guy says, I'm there. And the guy says, are you kidding me? This is a titanium bike. This is $8,000. I'm not leaving this in the hall. This has to be with me. He said, but, but it's a shul. You can't come in in your bicycle with your Lycra pants. It's a shul. And the guy's like, no, I'm not. I'm not taking it out. So, of course, I got myself involved when I'm not supposed to. And it ended up being taken out. Chatzor Shalom, not out the second door, but in the hall. But we left the door open so we could stand by the door and watch his bicycle. That's how you come into a Migdash Ma'at in shorts, in sandals. You can say, yeah, it's better than nothing. It's better than I agree. But on the other hand, phones. So Kishboku comes to the Minyan and he goes, okay, I hear they want a base Migdash. That's what they're davening for. She bought a base Migdash from Harabi Amenu. So let's see how they're dealing with the little house. And they're talking, and they're on their phones, and they're looking, and they're reading, and they're texting. And they're in shorts, and they just came from a basketball game. And this guy's shirt is hanging out. This guy's sisters are hanging out to the floor. You would never go to a business meeting looking like that. I'm not saying you have to wear a tie. 
even though it wouldn't be such a not bad thing to get dressed like you're going to a meeting, I feel very responsible when I go to shul to wear a tie because there's no way I'll go to Barnes & Noble to meet the buyer without a tie. So how can I go to Hashem when I'm going to the king of the kings and I'm going into his big neshma'at? If I wouldn't go, I won't, I won't talk in front of the girls on a Wednesday night without a tie because I don't think it's covered, right? You're going to be on Torah anytime and I'm not wearing a tie. What are they going to think? I'm going to drop in the ratings if I'm not wearing a tie. Right? So, so, I'm gonna to come to shul without a tie. So I wear a tie because I know that from, I, I, they're gonna take me in Bezin and Shemayim. They're gonna say, oh, the lady in Barnes and Noble, she's Hashiv. She's not even Jewish, she's Hashiv. You have to wear a tie, Wallerstein. Right? But shul, you don't have to wear a tie. So I put on a tie. And sometimes it's a struggle. And all these people who come to Mincha Shabbos without a tie, I don't hop. What happened? What happened? Something happened, Mincha, Kedusha went down, just the opposite, Mincha is more Kedusha. Why aren't you wearing a tie by Mincha? Why aren't you, a Kayin Gadol, a Kayin, has four Begadim. And he has to wear those four Begadim. And if the Begad's a little bit dirty, he's Puzzle. And if the Begad's a little bit ripped, he's Puzzle. And if a little blood, he's doing Shechito all day, a little blood gets on the Begad, he has to change it. That's why they wore shorts, because their, their feet would always be in blood. That's why they didn't wear shoes. But here, just the opposite. Guys walk in barefoot, with sweatpants, the shirt hanging out. She came from a basketball game. So Kodesh Baruch is walking into the little house, and he's like, nah, nah, they don't even know how to take care of the little house. I'm going to give them the big house. They're on their phones, in shul. So, so people get all, all upset. How could you be on your phone in shul? They get crazy. Phone rings by accident. Doesn't say anywhere in the Torah. Phone can't ring. Doesn't even miss your brood. They didn't have phones that rang. Right? But when people talk in shul, there's not a problem. If the phone rings, everybody goes crazy. Try to turn your phone off before you walk into shul. But reading your phone and sending messages by davening. So why is Hashem going to make a base of meals? I told you, two years ago, I gave a share right before, before Tisha B'Av, And one of the boys asked me, after the shir, he said, I got to talk to you, Rabbi. It's a true story. I said, what's going on? He says, I need to know something. I said, what? He says, the base of Middash, the third base of Middash, is going to have an antenna? I promise he asked me that. I said, why do you think it has an antenna? I thought he was going to ask me, is the antenna going to be gold? See, peace of itself is going to be pure gold. Like, what's the halacha? Like, what he said, what, do you think there's going to be internet in the base of Middash? Or like, what? The internet's going to disappear? Technology is going to disappear? When Mashiach comes, is there going to be technology? That's all he wanted to know. I'm like, man, you missed the boat. You missed the boat. If that's why you want Mashiach, is there going to be an antenna? I said, I don't think so. I think what God's going to do, is going to move the earth like a millionth of an inch so that all the satellites don't work. Geschmack. End of technology. Yeah, it just has to move it a drop. It won't change things much. Earth is getting warm. It'll cool it off a drop. Move it to the left instead of to the right. God knows what to do. That's what he's worried about! That's what we're worried about! Is the Mishnah going to have an antenna? We're out of our minds! All day long, that's all we look at is this technology. The stupidity who has no feelings, who has no five senses. Hashem didn't create five senses. It, what, what is it? It's a machine. Yeshiva world. All day long, you just want to hear who died, who drowned, who got killed. They never put on Yeshiva world. This guy just finished Shas. This guy made a Siyum. My mind, he just had 35 kids born today. What do you get from reading tragedy of others so you should be more angry at Hashem? Like, where are you, God? 
What are we doing all day? That's why he created us. He could have created a machine, a phone. They'll talk phone to phone, have a good day. So why should Kajbaku bring the Gaula? With the Gaula, Kajbaku was revealing himself. When everyone's on their phone, no one's even going to look at him. You want to learn something from Tishabov? Bring God home. Give him back his home. Give him back yourselves. When you go to shul, stand like you're standing in front of a judge, in front of your biggest customer. Stand dressed correctly. <coughs> Look the part, daven the part, speak the part. Put your phone away, leave it in the car. Nothing's going to happen in those 15 minutes. Bring the Kedusha back to the little little starter house, the Migdash Ma'at. And then he'll bring, he'll build us the mansion with the center hall, with the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kedusha. Second message is Shabbos. Neuridik. Yom Kippur, you're not allowed to eat when it comes out on Shabbos. Tishabav, you're supposed to eat when it comes out on Shabbos. Mahavdel, what's the difference? The difference is that Yom Kippur is mechaper. If you go to sleep, Erev Yom Kippur, and you wake up Matzah Yom Kippur, you fasted, you were sleeping, you didn't put on shoes, you were in your bed, you didn't do Rechitzah or Sicha or any of the other things, the Rambam says that Yom Kippur is Mechaper, the day itself is Mechaper. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you need this day. So that day, Yom Kippur pushes out Shabbos, Shabbos, my Shabbos, doesn't push away Yom Kippur. Because it's for you. Tishabov is for me. Tishabov is a sad day because of what happened to me. Don't worry about me. Shabbos is more important. That you have what to eat and you have a regular day, Hashem says, is more important to me. Yom Kippur, Shabbos is more important than, than me. Shabbos is your day, you need it, Yom Kippur. Therefore, Yom Kippur has to be Yom Kippur and therefore don't fast. I mean, you have to fast. That's the difference. Shabbos is 26 hour the Shem Shem Pinka says, is a 26-hour date with God. God says, six days a week, you can go to work. You don't have to spend the whole day with me. Even though I love you, and I gave you 613 mitzvahs, and every mitzvah is a connection. When you tie your shoes, you have to tie your left first, put on your right first, because I want to be there when you tie your shoes. I want to be there when you when you lend money, and I'll lend with ribbons. I want to be you in the field. I want to be with you when you put on your clothing, that you don't have shotness. I want to be with you when you don't talk Lashon Hara. I want to be with you every word that you learn. I love you, and we know what love is, love is spending time, Hashem says, I want to spend all the time with you, but I understand you got to go to work, it's like a wife saying, okay, I know you have to go to work, I'd love to be with you all day, I'd love we'd be home all day together and we just honeymoon our whole lives, but I understand you have to go to work, Hashem says, I understand you have to go to work but one day a week for 26 hours it's a date it's just me you can't date while you're working me and you and no one else. To the point, most of us, Hasidim don't, some Hasidim don't, and some Svardim don't, 
when we when we sit down on the table by Friday night, we say Shalom Aleichem, Aleichem Shores, Bayachem Hashalom, Bechuni Shalom, and then we say Tzayichem Shalom. But a lot of Chassidim don't say Tzayichem Shalom. Some do, some don't. Svaradim, some do, some don't. I never understood it. Shalom Aleichem, Aleichem. Welcome to my house. Table set, ready to go. Bayachem Shalom. Come in, come in, Aleichem. Come, come into my beautiful house. Come to my to my Shabbos table. No, now that you're at the table, b'chuni l'shalom, give me a bracha. And then, get out of here. Seishchem l'shalom. Bye! Come, give me a bracha, and get out. Roshim Shepinkas asked this question. What's going on over here? Why are you saying seishchem? That you don't want them to hang around with you for the whole Shabbos? It would be a good thing to have a lachim for a whole Shabbos. He says something unbelievable that only he could say. He says, on Yom Kippur... It says that, that, that the Kohen in the Kodesh Kedoshim was alone with Hashem. So he asks, what do you mean? Of course he was alone with Hashem. Only the Kohen Gadol could go in. No one else could go in. So he brings down, I think it's a Zayar, that on Yom Kippur, when the Kohen is in the Kodesh Kedoshim, there's a Yichud, whatever that means, a Zivug, between us and God. Bishat Zivug, this is the Lashon of the Zaya, Bishat Zivug of the Melech and the Malka, anyone caught in the room is Chayv Misa. The, 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 the king and the queen are in their bedroom together at the moment of Zivug. Nobody better walk into that room. Because if anybody walks into that room or comes out from under the bed, they're dead. So he says, on Yom Kippur, the Malachim had to leave the Kodesh Kedoshim when the Kohen Gadol walked in. Because there was a Zivug between God and the Kohen Gadol, Klai Yisrael, nothing in that room but the two of them. Says of Shimshim Pinkis, Shabbos is called Zivug, Desire calls it, the Zivug between us and Hashem. Hashem says, eat and sleep and learn. It's just the two of us. And therefore, Shalom Aleichem Alachim, Bayachem L'Shalom, B'chuni L'Shalom, but now I'm going to make Kiddush. And once I make Kiddush, it's Zivuk time. And when it's Zivuk time, it's Kodesh Kedosh and no Malachim here. Out. That's what Shabbos is, everybody. That's how Kodesh Shabbos is. That pushes away fast days, burning based on Migdosh, every calamity that ever happened to Klai Yisrael. Now, it's me and you, and when it's me and you, that's it. You keep Shabbos the way you always keep Shabbos. So here I want to ask a question. I want to say something. So this, this he said also. My Rebbe said two things. One, to, to, to bring the Shekhinah into your home. And two, to strengthen Shabbos. Because when Shabbos frees you from a fast day like yesterday on Tisha B'Av, then you owe, there's, there's something that you have to learn from it. So we'll end with this. So there was a young man, and his father was very friendly with another man who had a daughter. This daughter, I'll say it nicely, Belushin Nakia, was so not good looking that nobody would go near her. And he couldn't get a shit up for his daughter. Nobody was going out with this girl, especially now you have to send pictures. Forget about it. Nobody. And if you didn't send the picture, why not? So that's it. She didn't get any shidduchim. And this man was very broken, and he went to his friend, and he said, listen... I know your son's not going to marry my daughter, but she just needs to go out. Let's just go out once. Could he take her out? 
So the boy who knew the situation told his father, I, I can't go out with her because my friends, they're going to see me out with her. They're, gonna, they're never going to stop making fun of me. Like, how did I go out with such a girl? She's so not good looking. Ty, I can't do it. He says, listen, I'm asking you a favor. Keep it of aim. The book I just wrote on the lesson today, keep it of aim. A little advertisement if you want to get a page in it. I have flyers outside. That's just a side thing. Anyway, a little ad- advertisement, a little ad. Anyway. So he says, I don't know, I can't. Father says, do me a favor, please, my friend is broken. So the son's like, okay, I got an idea. You know what I'm going to do? This story happened years ago. I'm going to take her to a bar. Jewish guys don't go to a bar. My friends don't go to a bar years ago. My friends don't go to a bar, so they'll never see me. I'll take her to a bar for two, for two hours, and I'll bring her home. Would you be happy with that, Tati? Yes, 100% do it. Okay. He picks her up. He comes to the door. She opens the door. Takes one look at her. He says, I am not even going to a bar with this one. No way. He says, I came to tell you that my brother got sick. He can't pick you up tonight. So the girl looks at him and says, no, no, I saw your picture. You don't have a brother. It's you. He goes, I know. I'm just kidding. It was just a joke. All right, let's go. So they go to the bar. He mommish can't look at her. And they sit down. And he orders a drink. And she orders a Diet Coke. And he orders a scotch. And he knocks it back. And he's getting a little fuzzy. He says, you know what? I don't have nothing to say to this guy. I have nothing. I'll take another drink. What am I going to do? Sit by the bar. I'll take another drink. They give him another drink. So now he's a little tipsy. She's beginning not to look so bad. Not so bad as he thought it was. He says, give me another hit. Another shot. He's up to his fourth shot. And she actually looks pretty. He is so drunk. And he starts talking to her for hours telling his life, listening to her stories. He's on this date for four and a half hours. Partying, drinking. She's like gorgeous. He's going to marry. Like, forget about it. Anyway, finally she realizes this guy's really drunk. So she says, give me the keys. She drops him off at home. She walks home. She comes home. Her father's standing by the window. He's like, what? Four and a half hours? Amazing. He's so happy. He's going to like tell this boy that he's amazing, amazing. He calls up the father. The boy he says, you know, I think your son likes her. This might be a shit-off. This is amazing. His father says, really? He says, yeah. He says, okay, I'll, I'll wake him up in the morning. I'll find out what's going on. He wakes him up in the morning. He says, no? Four and a half hours? You really like her? He says, ta, hate her. I'm not going out with that again. He says, what are you talking about? Why did you take her out for four and a half? He says, I got so blitzed. She actually looked good for a minute. I'm not going out with her again. Father says, please, I'm begging you. Now the guy's on a high. I can't just do this. He says, I, I can't get drunk every time I go out with Fatah. <laughs> he says, you know what? I know what I'll do. I'll take it to the library. My friends do not hang out in the Brooklyn library. I'll take it to the library. He goes to the library. Oh, he mamish can't look at her. He takes out one book and another book, and she's reading and he's reading. They're not talking to each other. He doesn't want to talk to her. He doesn't want to do with her. After two hours, he finishes his book, and he takes her home. Father says, what happened? He says, I went to the library. I read a good, good novel. That's it. I'm not going out anymore. Nebuchadnezzar on her. She comes home. She said, Ta, you don't understand. He doesn't like me. I'm ugly. He likes to drink. And he had a good novel. He's not going to say yes. And of course, the boy doesn't say yes. And she's more broken than if you would have never gone out with her. Why am I telling you this story on Tisha B'Av? Kodesh Baruch Hu gave us the most beautiful girl in the world. He didn't know what to give us on the day of our wedding, Matan Taira. 
he went into his treasure chest and he found the most beautiful girl, Ushabbos Shema. Her name was Shabbos. And he said, I'm giving this to my wife, to my kala. And the malachim were not happy. And Hashem said, Shabbos belongs in this world. And what happened to all of us? She's so ugly. She's so boring. That in order to make it to a Shabbos, we have to drink. Kiddushim. Drink and scotch and this one and that one. Because how can I make it through Shabbos if I'm not drunk? That's what we tell Hashem. Your beautiful Shabbos is a bottle of scotch. It's going from one friend to the next friend until I don't even realize it's Shabbos anymore. She's so ugly. And the women, they don't drink, I hope. They're curled up in bed with a good novel. They're in the library. Shabbos, I got to read every magazine, every paper. We need to take on something, my Rebbe said. We need to take on something that we have this Shabbos to Shabbat. And we need to show Hashem that Shabbos is beautiful and we want to spend the day with her. So from the men's side, Stop the drinking. Make a l'chaim, no problem. Make kiddush in yeshiva, make a l'chaim. Stop the drinking. Don't drink yourself to a point that you're drunk or you're buzzed. Your kids need you. Kosh looking down on us and how we spend this beautiful date with him. Drunk? Sleeping? Spend an hour learning. Take an hour, half an hour. Make Shabbos on time, guys. I don't know how many guys in here were dating, but I know my son-in-laws. It's very important for you to be on time when you go on a date with a girl. Everyone here knows. Any guy that's in this room knows that. You don't want to show up late because the parents of the, of the girl and the girls, that means you don't take it seriously. So you might show up five minutes late. Show up five minutes late on four dates in a row, and you're in big trouble. Show up a half an hour late, and you're in big trouble on the first date. You better have a good story. So we're dating Hashem. You're the chassan. Shabbos is the kala. Don't use the 18 minutes. Be ready for Shabbos. Be, be here before the kala gets here. Be in shul before mincha. In your Shabbos clothing. Waiting for your zivug. Waiting for Shabbos. Don't use the 18 minutes. Show HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You're excited about this 26-hour date. Don't get drunk on Shabbos. It's disgusting. It's telling Hashem, I hate her. She is so ugly, I can't deal with her unless I drink. Stop it. Stop it. And as far as the women are concerned, make Shabbos 10 minutes early. I know that when my son-in-laws came to date my daughters, I had to be home a half an hour before the date. My wife never said, be home five minutes before the date. I had to be home. Why do I have to be home a half an hour? I have to be home a half an hour. Everything has to be set. The table, the grapes and the cherries and this way and that way and the water and the ice and this and that and the cups. Everything had to be perfect. Had to be on the table. Even though he doesn't eat. He doesn't drink. Right? So they don't take, guys don't take anything to eat. But it has to be there. It has to be set. It has to be ready. You have to be there early. 
So ladies, whoever's listening, 10 minutes before Shabbos, not because someone's sick. That's not why. Because the cow, the chassan's coming to your house. Someone's in the shul two, two Friday nights ago. I'm davening in the shul. And you know what they announced in the shul? Um, tonight we're asking no one to please talk by davening because this and this woman, this girl is very, very sick as Rafur Shalema. So excuse me? We're not talking by davening because of Rafur Shalema? I thought it was a halacha. Maybe if we daven and we didn't talk by davening, we wouldn't need the Rafur Shalema. You don't not talk by davening. All of a sudden, everyone's like, okay, we're not talking by davening because this, this girl is sick. Or I'm lighting 10 minutes early because this girl is sick. No, you're lighting 10 minutes early because you're excited about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And guess what? Guys, be ready 10 minutes early. Show Hashem that you're excited about Shabbos. And this is hard. This is tough. But my Rebbe said, I should ask for special things on Shabbos. How about 10 minutes after Shabbos? Every guy in here that's married... Or that dated and had a good date. You remember when you came home at the end of the date and you pulled into the driveway? Did you pull into the driveway and say, okay, out! Out! Get out of my car! You sat there and you schmoozed. The date was over, but you schmoozed for an hour, two hours, four hours in the driveway. How many times I used to look out the window? They're still in the driveway. They're still talking. It's going good. You don't pull at the end of your date into the driveway and say, okay, get out of my car. So why at the end of Shabbos, we dive in the early minion and we run home right away, right away, turn on the phone like something happened, you didn't hear about it. Come home, 10 minutes, dive in the late minion, Hashem, I'm having such a good time, we're in the driveway, I don't want to run out, I don't want you running out. Let's make Havdalah in 10 minutes and 10 minutes after Havdalah, I'm not going to look at my phone because... We had a good date. It was a good time together. And if we do all this, there's no Shaila. That a Kodesh Baruch Hu, not because he wants us to eat next year on Tisha B'Av, even though you should know that Tisha B'Av next year is also with Rachmanis because it's on a Thursday. We shouldn't have to fast because Hashem will be, his, will be Geula in, in the world. But it's also an easier because the night of the Thursday night has different halachas because it's Erev Shabbos. So we're going from Shabbos to Erev Shabbos. And maybe if we keep Shabbos correctly, then Erev Shabbos next year we'll have the Beis HaMikdash. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.